Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, joined by Not Your Average Joes. We got the trio back together for episode 41. We will be continuing our Dynasty Ultimatum conversation. Last week, we covered QBs and running backs, so if you want to give that a listen, go back to the last week's episode, episode 40, with Joe Beldner and I. This week, we'll talk wide receivers and tight ends. Before we get into it, it's been a while since all three of us have been together. So how the heck have y'all been? Mason, how you doing? It's been a little bit. A stranger. I know. Yeah, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, been going through it with work. It's been a little crazy, but uh, yeah, good to be back and good to talk some off-season football. Yeah, I had my uh, my bachelor party this past weekend. Um, I'm still definitely recovering. A lot of fun in New Orleans. Uh, I did not meet Chris Olave. That was definitely a goal. But uh, I did get to touch a wild gator. Uh, I pet its head <laughs> on a tour. So that was definitely a highlight. And uh, yeah, now the last couple of days here in New Jersey, New York area, we're dealing with like the worst air quality in the world from the uh, Canadian fires. So I am feeling probably the most unhealthy that I ever had. So catching up on sleep and then uh, the air quality, uh, not so good, but can't wait to talk some football today. I don't know, Mason. I was looking at Beldner's uh, bachelor party pictures. This dude has 12 friends that aren't us. Like, I don't know what he's doing right, but apparently <laughs> I'm not doing it. Share some pictures, hey, Joe. The good crew. I uh, <laughs> I posted I posted something to my Instagram a little bit. Okay. Man, I, I, can't, I can't even count all my friends on. I can count my friends on, like, one hand probably. We, so, had, a, we had a brother-in-law in there too. Okay. But uh, it was funny. They posted all the pictures from the, the weekend. And I swear it felt like the hangover at the end of that movie when they're looking through the camera. Because, yeah, some of the pictures were just hilarious. Did anyone end up in photos that you're like, who was that? Absolutely. What? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a wild time. So, uh, speaking of wild time, Joe Belner has been waiting for this day for a long time. It came a week late. Last week we talked about how Dalvin Cook had not been cut yet. We were waiting for what seemed like an eternity to get some clarity on his situation, and today we got it. Dalvin Cook is headed to the waivers. Uh, he's going to be a free agent. So what, do, what does this mean for fantasy football? First, dynasty, but then also I'm curious about redraft. Yeah, so I think uh, you know this is anybody that's traded for or drafted Alexander Madison in dynasty. This is the day that we've been looking forward to. Um Assuming they don't add anyone, because it doesn't, it wouldn't really make sense to me that they would cut Dalvin Cook and like bring in Ezekiel Elliott. It's kind of just a uh, you know one one vet for another. Uh, he's set up for 2023. Um, you look at his stats and uh, when he has over a 50% snap share, and he he's pretty elite. Um, would I get carried away? Maybe not, but I think he's a solid RB two uh, for 2023. Um, if you're not necessarily looking to win this year, then I would actually recommend trying to trade Madison. Um, I think that his value is really in a one to two year window. Uh, he's got this two year deal right now. And then after he's done with that, he'll be like 26 approaching 27. Um, he'd have to really have like elite production with the Vikings as their RB one, uh, to get another big contract after his second contract. So 
Um, you know, it's exciting right now. Uh, Mason, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think that's good advice. If you're not, if you're not competing, I'm, I'm comfortable with capitalizing on the value change and moving on and doing something else. Right. But, uh, yeah, if you're competing, I think, uh, a low end running back two is reasonable, you know, with, with, uh, upside that I think, I think somebody Twitter has been talking about it all day, but they're talking about all the games he's had when he's had like more than 20 carries and it's like 20, 25 points a game. So it's pretty awesome. Here is my cautionary tale for Alexander Madison because everyone's excited about him, right? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles in 2015 cut, well, they didn't cut him. They traded, they traded LaShawn McCoy. So in this situation, LaShawn McCoy is Dalvin Cook. The Vikings have gotten rid of Dalvin Cook. You're thinking, okay, what are they going to do? Well, the Eagles ended up with Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray and Darren Sproles that year. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet as far as the Vikings' depth at running back. They cut Dalvin Cook. I don't know what the cap details are, but I wouldn't be so shocked if they like got somebody on the cheap like Kareem Hunt and it just muddied the waters. I could see that. And then I could also or see Leonard like, Fournette. Yeah, Leonard Fournette also. Low-key Leonard Fournette on the Vikings would not shock me one bit. For long-term dynasty value, I think uh, this could mirror Daryl Henderson. Uh, you know, a guy that's a later-round pick that we thought was getting the shot to be an RB1. Um, you know, he had his days. He, he looked like he was really good for a little while, but then, uh, you know, it's short-lived. So I, I could totally see that happening. But I did a little... Uh, Pulled out the calculator in a six-game sample size for Alexander Madison when he has over a 50% snap share. Uh, he's averaging a little bit over 21 rushing attempts for like around 94 rushing yards per game, uh, 4.36 yards per carry, 4.17 receptions, a little over 39 uh, receiving yards per game, and a half a touchdown total uh, per game. So. You know, it's only a six-game sample size. I'm not expecting him to be that crazy because that would be uh, definitely RB1 numbers. But when he has gotten the opportunity, at least we've seen him do it, and he's going to be a part of a really good offense. So there's definitely uh, a lot to be excited about for 2023. I'm a little surprised to hear that reception number. Obviously, mm -hmm. every situation, it's not going to be equal because they've got Hawkinson and now Addison, but... There, there was a couple of games with like a big reception that definitely boosted the number. I'm just thinking about the total four, four game. Mm -hmm. Yep. Surprise. Yeah, the average would probably come down. Mm -hmm. The running back's not averaging eight yards a catch. <laughs> I don't think so. All righty, y'all want to get into it? Let's do it. Let's talk some dynasty ultimatums. First off, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, Mike Williams. Here's some things going against Mike Williams. He was his replacement has theoretically been drafted in Quentin John in Quentin Johnston. Uh, similar build, similar X receiver. He had four top twelve weeks in thirteen games, so not the best, not the worst in the world. However, what was not great is that he had six games also outside of the top thirty six. So when he wasn't in the top twelve, you were pretty much he was just crap in the bed. There were only three weeks where he just was in the middle. Uh, so he was very boomer bust, also missed some games from injury, uh, pretty inconsistent over the course of the season. 
So what do we need to see from Mike Williams in his age, what, 29, 30 season to have our confidence still in him? Because I think in a lot of ways, Keenan Allen, I mean, people still like Keenan Allen. And Mike Williams, he could have two or three good more years, but what do you need to see from him this year to have that feeling? Uh, he feels like Mr. Best Ball. You know, he he's just so inconsistent. You get those boom weeks. Um, I've fallen into the trap of drafting him in redraft several times. And uh, even to the point of last year where I thought that, you know, he finally got that huge contract. Um, Justin Herbert looked awesome to start his career. So I was thinking, all right, this is the year where he finishes top 10. Uh, he had that sophomore campaign where he had like uh, over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. But I think that was most definitely his peak. Um, yeah, they bring Quentin Johnston, who looks like his replacement. Um, and then the only thing really going on with him during the offseason has been like a, a lingering back injury. Uh, not sure how that's going to affect him during training camp. So I just want to see health. Um, yeah, if he could play like 15 games this year and if he finishes like with like over a thousand yards and uh, six plus touchdowns with a little bit more consistency, I'm just afraid that it's getting crowded over there. He's getting older, and uh, his, his health has a lot of questions. So for redraft, he's kind of a player I don't have too much interest in. Um, I think I could be fooled because it could be the year that, you know, I'm out on him, and now he's finally going to put it all together. But, uh, yeah, no, I think there's a lot more negatives than positives for him uh, for 2023 and moving forward. Yeah, I think we know what Mike Williams is, and Joe kind of categorized it perfectly, right? Really inconsistent, probably a great – best ball wide receiver. And I think, you know, I think in dynasty, he's going like nine, eighth, ninth round, which I think is great value for like a top 36 wide receiver, which is just where I have him. I think, I think that's where he's going to end up. So if he's outside of that and he can't stay healthy, I think I'm going to be out on Mike Williams going forward after this year. So he's got to stay healthy and he just needs to be, you know, above average. And I'm happy with it. Cool. I would echo that sentiment. I think my ultimatum for Mike Williams is stay on the field. He misses too many games. I mean, he had a stretch after, I mean, he, he missed after the bye week. So bye week was week eight. He missed week nine. He missed week 10. He put up two in week 11, was hurt again, missed week 12, missed week 13. That is such a crucial stretch of your fantasy football season where I'm sure that has just shaped everyone's perception of him going into this season. I think he will probably be undervalued in redraft mm -hmm. because of that. Because by the time he came back in week 14 when he was top five, like the team, you, you forgot, you weren't starting him. Can you really say that people had him in their lineups after four missed weeks and a week of two points? So and nobody really benefited from that time where he put up 20.6 in week 14 and was the wide receiver five. And then he went right back down to earth when people probably felt good putting him in and he put up 8.7 half PPR points. Rest of the season, very middling. He had 9.6 and 12.9 in your finals and semifinals. So I don't think anyone's really satisfied if you had him, on, had him on their rosters, if you managed to get in the playoffs. But if he can be healthy, I think that Quentin Johnston hurts his long-term value in Dynasty, but I don't necessarily think it kills him in redraft this season. Uh because I mean the Chargers need to contend, or they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure stuff out. Because Eckler's getting old for running back, 
Keenan Allen's getting old. Mike Williams is getting pretty old himself. They're going to have to hit restart and pay Herbert a ton of money soon. And so I can't really foresee Mike Williams coming off the field in two receiver sets versus Quentin Johnston. So uh, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Our next guy. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I've been sitting here in silence listening to both of you, and I'm getting like sucked in again. I know. I'm like sucking myself in. Yeah, because like I'm thinking to myself, like I, I'm personally in the boat where I'm banking on a bounce back year from Herbert. Um, I'm very like he's probably the top quarterback that I've been selecting in mock drafts for redraft. Uh, he's a guy I really want on my teams, and then I believe in Kellen Moore as a you know offensive coordinator. So I think their offense is going to take strides, a lot more touchdowns. And when I think who's the biggest end zone threat outside of Eckler on the team, it's still Mike Williams. So. Yeah, no, health is going to be the big factor, but, you know, if he, if he's a value, um, there's definitely some positives in a pathway for uh, fantasy relevance. But he, he's not a player that you ever want to be confident in. There's nothing scarier than having him as your last player and, like, being down eight points even because he, he busts all the time. I'm just – where's he going in redraft right now? I'm just going to throw together a little uh, sleeper mock draft. Yeah, let me see also. And uh, he is going at ADP is 107. So if I can get 107. Okay. So if I can get Mike in the super flex, if I can get Mike Williams as my wide receiver three or four, I'd be pretty psyched. Yeah. (laughs) And we're right back in his his (laughs) trap again. Oh, man. All right, so let's move on. Uh, next guy, who seemingly traps us every year, also DJ Moore, much young, younger than Mike Williams. I wouldn't say much younger, but he is younger. He is faster, I think, at least what he looks like to me. And he's in a new team, new quarterback. He had two top five finishes, five top twelve finishes, which include those two, and he played all seventeen games. However, the downside: he had eight games that had under seven half PPR points. So just as boomer boomer bust as Mike Williams, if not more so. So what do we need to see from DJ Moore this season in order to keep our faith in his long-term dynasty value? I think Bryce Young needs to be the quarterback. <laughs> or actually, he's not on Carolina anymore. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I've been out of it for two weeks. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Justin no, Fields doing it either. Justin Fields needs to step up this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I just, I feel for DJ Moore cause I know how talented he is and he's never really had a quarterback and he's with Justin Fields who needs to take a step up this year, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm probably out on DJ Moore for redraft this year. I I don't have a whole lot of shares of him in dynasty, but I'm just, I'm wondering if I should, uh, if I should sell high that now that he's going to a new team. Yeah, he's my, uh. I don't know if he's my number one stay away from player in 2023, but he's uh, certainly up there. And like like you said, um, there's certainly a lot of positive buzz going on with him in Chicago now. Uh, people are excited. They think Justin Fields is a great quarterback, uh, great fantasy quarterback, absolutely, but nothing in his statistics make you think that he's like a good passing quarterback at all. But he's gonna take a he's gonna have to take a huge step forward to support uh, his fantasy assets. But, you know, last year was the first year in DJ Moore's entire career where he had more than four touchdowns. 
Um, I don't think that he's a touchdown scorer. He doesn't really profile like that. And uh, I don't think that the team's going to be passing the ball a ton. So you have, you have limited pass attempts. Um, I don't think that like Justin Fields might be a better passer than let's say like Sam Darnold, but uh, I don't think it's a tremendous, uh, I don't think it's tremendously better. So I'm pretty out on him. And I think that his ADP is going to be higher than it should be because people are excited about the new, uh, the new setting for him. But, um, you know, I'm definitely out. Sorry, I, I was still looking up stats about Mike Williams, and I'm looking oh, at the, the the ADP, and Quentin Johnston is going at 53.5 currently, which I think is outrageous, mm-hmm. given that he's a rookie. And, I mean, he wasn't, he's not a bona fide lock to be a producer his rookie year. Certainly we love his tools and his potential, mm-hmm. but taking him 50 picks ahead of, uh, Mike Williams in redraft right now. That does not align with what I'm thinking happens this season. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think what I like to do is if there's two teammates that I feel very equal on, I'll say, and maybe, you know, for redraft, I'd probably lean Mike Williams, but I'll just take the cheaper one ADP wise in redraft because it's like they're very similar on them. Why should I pay the higher price for one? Right. Agreed. Not to mention one's a rookie. So, as far as DJ Moore, I will say I probably wasn't paying attention as much as I should have while you were talking, guys. So, I'm sorry if I repeat myself, but having that rushing quarterback just is not going to be good for mm-hmm. his, his touchdown potential and also just the volume of passing in that offense. I just don't anticipate. I mean, in order to be successful as a wide receiver, you have to get those touchdowns. And you have to be on a good team. So I think we saw a little bit of an exception where people might be excited about DJ Moore because they saw Jalen Hurts. He produced Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. They were both top 12 receivers. Okay, but the Eagles were also 14-3. and And they were winning games and staying on the field and putting up points, not scrambling around, rushing for their lives like Justin Fields was, and losing games all the way to getting the number one pick in the entire NFL and then trading it away. People forget that they were the the worst team in the league last year. It's mm-hmm. not going to turn things around quickly. And having a receiver, I think I've seen plenty of statistics that teams on bad teams with bad offenses don't produce good fantasy receivers. Mm-hmm. They still have Velas Jones, right? Yep. <laughs> I think he's old. Did did we say that he's older than DJ Moore? Camera. I think he's older than Darnell Mooney, at least. Yeah, I I think that's what it was. Yeah. Our next receiver, who you probably think is younger than he really is, is a guy who hasn't played in a while, and it's Calvin Ridley, who is now on the Jaguars. He has not played forever, and he turns 29 in December, believe it or not. Uh, So, what are y'all feelings about Calvin Ridley? I think that his dynasty stock has that mystery box aspect to it right now where you're like, well, it could be a superstar. And so people are overvaluing his true worth. And to be honest, his role is really not determined. They don't really owe anything to Calvin Ridley. They didn't give up too much to get him, I don't think. And so when you're a competing team, you want talent. And that's what the Jaguars did. They went out and got, got talent. 
But for fantasy purposes, I don't really have much faith that Calvin Ridley is going to be the one, like the bona fide one over Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think 29 is going to be 29 in December. Yeah. I'm probably going to try to trade Calvin Ridley this season in Dynasty. I actually think he's going to be the one. I think he probably hurts Christian Kirk the most, I think, in that offense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked Calvin Ridley before he, uh, you know, stepped away from football for a little bit and then obviously got suspended. But, yeah, the age is making me nervous. And, uh, like your point right there, Derek, his true role is really undetermined. Like, no one knows if he's going to be back to what he was before or just like a wide receiver three, right? I think those range of outcomes and even worse than that is probably – it, all those are probable. Like anything could happen with with Ridley. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's going to be like almost twenty nine years old. Uh, you know the way that the Jaguars ended the year. Um, they obviously did it on a positive note. They beat the Chargers. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's making that next step forward. Then you have a guy who was a superstar in Calvin Ridley with uh, Atlanta. But if you look at the time that's passed. It's been over seven hundred days. You know, he he has not stepped on the football field in over 700 days. And then you have Christian Kirk there, who was the bona fide wide receiver one last season. Zay Jones was productive. Evan Ingram. Uh, Travis Etienne catches the ball. So that's a lot of targets to go around. Um, like you said, I'd be, I'd be looking to trade him in Dynasty as well. Um, I do see the pathway for a really good 2023 season. Um, everything out of OTAs have been positive. Uh, I watched some videos. He looks like he's still super quick and super talented, but you know, until until he steps on the football field for an actual game, um, this is all just talk. So, um, I think that his ADP, I think right now it might be around the sixth round, which which is kind of comfortable for me. But I think by the time the season rolls around, it's gonna you know be in the fourth round or so, and I just don't feel comfortable taking a player that hasn't played uh, professional football in that long uh, that early. Yeah, I agree with all that. So if you have Calvin Ridley, you've kind of probably waited it out or just traded for him recently, hoping that he turns out well. What would you try to get for him if you're trying to actually shop him? Uh, first round pick if you're rebuilding. Yeah, I'd take a first, although I think he's one of those guys that his value is like right between a first and a second. Like I would not trade him for a second. But yes, a first I would do it like and you might have to wait until he has a first like couple games that are like really good. Right. At the beginning of the season, maybe he's has a couple top 20 finishes and then you get somebody to bite on it. And he's a receiver. I'd personally rather have Christian Kirk than him in Dynasty. Where are you guys at on that? Would you take Christian Kirk in a second for him? Absolutely. I would take Christian Kirk straight up. I mean, that's. That's personal opinion. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I would I would rather have Christian Kirk too in Dynasty. What about in redraft this season? In redraft, I might shoot you know shoot for the stars with Calvin Ridley just because like last year was the first year that we saw Christian Kirk um, get more than a thousand yards in a season, and um, you know the odds of him doing it again are kind of slim with how many mouths there are to feed on that team. I'd rather go for the guy. Like, how many yards did uh, Calvin Ridley have in his peak season? Was it like thirteen hundred? I'm gonna look that up. I don't know. 
but I have another update for y'all. What's up? (laughs) I totally botched that mock draft with the ADPs and stuff, but now I'm, I'm sure that I'm right. So Mike Williams is going ahead of Quentin Johnston in redraft. I was on the dynasty startup mock because that's just kind of the, those are my settings that we're already in. Mike Williams is going in round five at pick 82 and Johnson is going in round six at pick 105. So they kind of flipped a little bit. I think that's more reasonable. The dynasty one was all jacked up to me when I thought it was redraft. Yeah, so back in back in 2020, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley had over 1,300 yards, just to clarify. Okay, gotcha. Now the ADP with Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk in redraft currently. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a fourth-round pick at 59, and Christian Kirk is a fifth-round pick averaging at pick 80. The math doesn't math there because like, the number of players that have similar ADPs like, you know, at the end of round five, that would be pick 60, but the ADP of the players at that range are pick 80. That's just the way that the math's working out, so don't don't try to correct my math. But <laughs> uh, on average, Christian Kirk's going after Calvin Ridley in redraft. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair because Ridley's been top five before in a season. So, yeah, that's fair. Wow, no disagreements. Lame. (laughs) Let's go to the next guy then. I'm sure we're going to all agree on this guy. Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had one top 24 finish in all 17 games. Zero top 12 and only four in the top 36. So he was not really a top 36 wide receiver. He He was wide receiver four essentially. Much in part because he had zero TDs. That was really what sunk him because he was 15th in receptions, 29th in yards, and he was tied for sixth in the league in wide receiver targets. So if he can turn targets into production, we're talking a whole different story. Now, what do you need to see from Deontay Johnson to have more confidence that he can be a producer in Dynasty moving forward? I think most of his that year is just I, I kind of – Throw it out because it was Kenny Pickett. He had a rookie quarterback. If you look at his last three years of targets, 144 in 2020, 169 in 2021, and 147 last year. So I'm not really that concerned. I think he'll 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 have some what do they call it regression towards the mean. He'll get some touchdowns this year. Kenny Pickett will probably play better in his second year. I know Derek and I we love Deontay Johnson. We're still we're love still that, all love in. that guy. I'm in. He's in PPR. He's still. He's probably what's what's his redraft ADP, Derek? If you uh-huh. don't mind looking it up, but I definitely, I still think he's the wide receiver one on this team. Even though I still like George Pickens, but Deontay is wide receiver one for the Steelers. His redraft ADP. Let's see. In this mock draft, he just went in round nine. So I mean. We got yeah. him. We got him on our, our trio dynasty roster. And what is he, our wide receiver four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's still PPR, only 26. Right? I don't know when his birthday is, but at worst, he's going to turn 27 this season. And He gets, he gets open. Yeah. Yeah, he targets. earns targets. You got to earn targets. And he does. 
Um, they're not very deep targets. His average depth of target certainly doesn't help his cause. But with Pickens there, it's going to keep him open. Teams can't pinpoint, like they can't focus all their defensive efforts just on Deontay Johnson. Fryermuth is an option. Pickens is an option. We'll see what some of the other guys can do. Uh, who's their third receiver at this point? Uh, is it Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson. Yeah. I was going to say they have a, a uh, first Bart choice. <laughs> so Deontay is not going to score any touchdowns again because, you know, Allen Robinson is just going <laughs> to gobble them all up. Yeah, uh, I have a second-year receiver, Calvin Austin, who I really like. Yeah. I think he went to Penn State. I can't remember. But, I thought uh, he was Memphis. I'll look that up. Yeah, you might be right, Joe. Uh, but, yeah, I like Calvin Austin also. But he's basically a, a smaller Deontay Johnson. As a deep stash. Deep dynasty uh, stash. The thing with Deontay Johnson, here's my, my comp for this season. He is a wide receiver, Miles Sanders. He's not going to score zero touchdowns. And Miles Sanders scored like 11 this season. And everyone was – he was a usable asset again. I think Deontay Johnson is going to be undervalued. You're going to be able to get him as a wide receiver three. And he has the potential and the history of being a low end, I mean, a low end wide receiver one or a high end mid to high end two. So you're getting him cheap. Obviously, there's risk. He scored zero touchdowns. There's a reason why he's not drafted well. But his, his ceiling is the volume of 150 targets. Mm-hmm. And there's not many guys you can find in your draft getting that many targets at wide receiver three. I mean, he, he had the same a, he had a, the same amount of targets as like Garrett Wilson, and every people are going to take Garrett Wilson in like round two this season. Well, Aaron Rodgers as this Kenny Pickett, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get you. You said that we haven't been arguing, so I'll, I'll bring a little argument. I'm I'm uh not totally out on Deontay Johnson, but what I will say is he's a player that just does not excite me at all. Um. Like, Kenny Pickett should be better in year two, but I don't think he's going to take, like, a gigantic leap to the point where the team's scoring a bunch of passing touchdowns. Um, when, it, when, when there's a team that has a quarterback that kind of underperforms, I usually, like, want two players at max on that offense um, that I would want for my team. And when I'm looking at it, it's really, uh, like, I'm, I'm not totally in on George Pickens or anything, but I like Najee Harris. I, th- I, I am in on him this year as like a steady rock running back based on volume. And then I like Pat Fryermuth. Um, I think that his touchdown, cause he didn't really score many touchdowns either. Uh, I think he only had like uh, two to four touchdowns. I can't remember which one it is, but um, yeah, the, the offense just doesn't really excite me in terms of passing touchdowns. I, I feel fine with Deontay Johnson as my flex. He could be that guy that, uh, you know, I see him scoring like eight to 12, half PPR points almost every single week. Um, I don't think that the zero touchdowns are going to repeat or anything, but um, yeah, it's just a player that I don't really see the upside. Um, I don't, I don't really see the path where he finishes high or like has like these tremendous weeks. Um, so he's more of like a flex, like rock in your lineup type of player for me in 2023, but not a player that I really am like targeting or am excited about. If that makes sense. All right, last, let's ask some questions. Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. Okay, he went around earlier in this mock. Uh, Deontay Johnson or Jerry Judy? I'd go Jerry Judy. 
I'd go Deontay Johnson. Okay, Jerry Judy went three rounds earlier. Uh, I don't like Dr- that, though. Drake London or Deontay Johnson? Um, Trying to take my dynasty hat off. This yeah, this is a redraft yeah, question. I'd probably go for the upside of London here. I think I would, too. Okay, because he won a pick before Judy in the sixth round. Uh, Mike Williams or Deontay Johnson? I'd probably go Mike Williams. <laughs> yeah, Mike okay. Williams. Yeah, he went two rounds earlier. Kadarius Tony or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. I'll go for Deontay Johnson there. Okay, he... I, I like Kadarius, but his uh, hamstrings are made out of something that's yeah. not hamstring. Tony went one pick after Johnson in this. Mm. So, last one, uh, Quentin Johnston or Deontay Johnson? Deontay. Easily Deontay Johnson. Yeah, he w- Johnston went one pick ahead of Johnson in this. So, they went back to back to back. Johnston, Johnson, and Tony. All right, next guy, Debo Samuel. 49ers. How many top 24 finishes do you think uh, – this guy. Oh, how many top twelve finishes at wide receiver do you think this guy had? Don't look at the doc. Top twelve. I'll say three. Mason, you're watching the games, man. I looked at the doc. Okay, <laughs> he had two. Debo finished two times in the top twelve in thirteen games. One of those two was in the top five. That's not what you wanted coming into the season. I mean. We're just one season removed from him being like, oh, he's a stud. He's a wide receiver one. Uh, his top 36 rate was 62%, which put him at 18th for guys that played, I think I made it at least nine games. Um, his top 12 rate was 15%, and that was 34th for that whole same threshold. So Debo was a middling wide receiver this season. Sure, he didn't sink you, but he was certainly not winning you anything. So given his injury history, his history of being consistently a top receiver, what do you got to see from Debo to continue to believe in his potential? Uh, He needs to finish top 12 at the position, Uh, stay healthy, Um, have Brandon Ayuk not overthrow him as the top wide receiver in that offense. I'm sure Mason's going to have a ton to say as a 49ers fan, but yeah, he's I think two seasons ago, he finished as like the wide receiver two in fantasy. And, uh, you know, I love watching him play, but after that season, I was really just thinking to myself, like, this feels like a major anomaly uh, for the rest of his career. I just don't see him finishing like that ever again. Um, He's one of those players that I absolutely loved to watch play, uh, completely believe in his ability but he's like almost always on my do not draft radar. Um, he'd have to fall out of the first two rounds for sure. Um, I'd feel comfortable with him maybe in like the third or fourth round, just based off of that talent and that offense. But um, we saw the connection with Brock Purdy and George Kittle. Um, they they changed their offensive philosophy like all the time. Uh, Shanahan loves scrambling it up uh, with who he's who he's giving targets each given week so he's just a player i'm not really too excited about uh what do you think of mason yeah as a, as a niner fan and guy that loves devo i think he just needs to stay healthy he's never played a full season this is going to be his fifth year uh he's always missed at least one game due to injury so that's number one and i think as long as he's healthy 
He's going to be involved in the offense. I think he, if he, assuming he plays all the games, I think he will finish top 20 and I will be, I'll be satisfied with that. Now, depending on his ADP, I think he, we said he's going what fourth round or something like that. Right. Like that's, that's kind of a steep price to pay for a top 20, you know, I'll say receiver, you know, you probably want someone yeah, fourth who's more, round. Yeah, you probably want someone who's more like top 15 or closer to the top 12. So, um, yeah, he's got to stay healthy. I think there's some, still some upside with his rushing and how like Shanahan uses him. But there's a lot of weapons in San Francisco. I think when Kittle was going off at the end of the year, Debo missed some time, right? So when they're all healthy, there's there's a lot to go around with CMC, Ayuk, Kittle. There's been a lot of talk about Ayuk and Camp and how well he's been uh, like doing this year. So uh, so far, no TAs. So, but I still really like Debo. Um, but I'd be okay with him. He needs to finish top 20. Outside of that, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, you keep talking about stay healthy, but he played 13 games. That's that's not bad. Yeah, he's, but he's missing never, four games. He's never played a full season. Ever. So points per game basis, he was wide receiver 25 in points per game. That's taking into consideration. He missed four. But, I mean, it's easy to forget how dang good he was in 20. Two, like 21 22 mm-hmm. in this is my ppr stats but how many top 12 finishes do you think he had in 2021 season versus 22 so 22 he had those two how many do you think he had in 21 uh i'll say seven that's a good guess i think i was gonna say eight it was nine. Oh wow there we go he had nine top 12 finishes and five of those nine were top five so dude was tearing it up and he missed that just that one game last the season before last. So it kind of just underscores how quickly our opinions of guys change in dynasty because he was the wide receiver three behind cup and Adams. And now, I mean, where do you th- he's definitely not in the top five dynasty wise. And I think part of that was reflected in redraft ADP too. Cause I didn't really see him going that early. He was certainly not being valued as the wide receiver three coming into this past season. But Debo Samuel has high potential if he can put it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the Christian McCaffrey addition yeah. is kind of the nail in the coffin for me. Cause, uh, for sure. You have all those manufactured touches, uh, you know, jet sweeps. He lines up in the backfield sometimes. But now you have a guy like McCaffrey who can do everything that Debo can do except uh, – not tank as well as Debo because no one in the league can. So I think uh, those opportunities are limited with CMC in town. So that's kind of like the last, besides the injury concerns and, uh, you know, the quarterback transition to Purdy. Uh, I think that's kind of the last thing that's keeping me away. So in redraft this year, Ayuk or Samuel? Ugh. I mean, I'd, I'd pick Debo. Because Ayuk was better. He, he was. was. He was really good. He had four top twelve finishes. That's I'm twice not, as many as Debo, but he played all the games. But anyway, I'm not really tar- targeting either. Yeah, but uh, if I, I had that. to pick, I'd probably go for the upside of Debo. I I even forget how good Ayuk was for certain stretches. He was boomer bust as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on, that was our last wide receiver. Our first tight end on the list is Kyle Pitts. He played 10 games last season. It feels like that's more than we remember. 
Mm-hmm. It feels like he was out by week four or something. He had two top top. <laughs> two top. Two top. Uh, two top twelve finishes. One of those was in the top five. Wait, no, that I'm reading Debo stats. He had two. Actually, the same stat anyway. <laughs> Both were applicable. He had six games under four half PPR points. So sixty percent of his games, he put up th- four or less. That is so bad. And mm-hmm. none of his games were with Desmond Ritter, so we have no idea what their connection is. So the guy who's still being considered arguably the uh, the tight end one in Dynasty Fantasy Football, what does he need to do? At this point, what does he need to do not be the number one? Because he's done nothing to deserve it. <laughs> he's not my number one. Uh, I, I, would, I would say that Mark Andrews uh, is definitely... Uh, solidified as a mark. I mean, I said the mark again, the tight end one in dynasty for me. Like, I don't want to say I'm out on Kyle Pitts because like, I know he's super talented, super athletic. And like, you know, you, you, you put him in a different system. Uh, you get him a quarterback. I think that he could produce, but for as long as he's in Atlanta, I'll say I'm out. Um, people wanted him to be the next Travis Kelsey. Uh, the cool thing about the Kansas city chiefs is Kelsey's like, their wide receiver won. Uh, he, the whole offense runs through him. Atlanta, what do they do? They, you know, they draft Drake London. Drake London looks like the wide receiver one. He's like a clone of Mike Evans at a young age. And then they, they go and they draft Bijan Robinson, who's like the best running back prospects in Saquon Barkley. Uh, and then Arthur Smith, they, you know, he loves to run the ball. So there's limited targets. Um, I think that Drake London's going to be the target hawk in this offense this season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people fall in love with Kyle Pitts yet again in redraft and, uh, you know, he disappoints yet again. Uh, you, you give me the same exact ADP for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I'm taking Drake London every day of the week. Um, I really think that he's going to be the more productive NFL player. Um, I'd be trying to cash in a little bit on Kyle Pitts now because I think that people still think that, you know, I, I think he's like 22 years old. He has a lot of career ahead, but at what point in his career are you going to say like, okay, he's, he's 26 years old and he's still not this super productive tight end. Um, I think it's going to take a change of location uh, unless, you know, the, the league, the league changes fast. Maybe Atlanta ends up with a Caleb Williams next season. And then that's the answer. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not in on him at all for 2023. I think he just needs to finish top five. And I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I mean, you look at his his games this year. Oh, it was so bad. Like, I have a lot of Kyle Pitts shares, and I just remember after week two, my friends were giving me a hard time. They're like, Kyle Pitts scored three point nine points again. Like, I was just like, oh, oh, this could be a bad year. But yeah, he's just got to finish top five. I think Joe, you bring a good point up. If the Falcons stink this year, they're going to get a new head coach. Maybe they're going to get a coach that wants to actually throw the ball a good decent amount right versus just i mean there were games that are down like 14 points in the third quarter and arthur smith's running the ball every play like Mm -hmm. makes you want to pull your hair out but uh yeah maybe he'll uh we'll finally see what kyle pitts could do if there's a different coach running the falcons he's like a player in dynasty that i feel like if you could sell him for max value i'd be into it but at the same time he's young enough and there's 
so much unpredictability in what the future of Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons can look that if you could buy him on the cheap, I'd be almost equally inclined. That's, you know, you're on both sides of the spectrum right there. But uh, yeah, 2023 outlook, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, he's going within five picks earlier than Drake London. And like you had mentioned, Joe, I think I'd rather just have Drake London. I know it's the positional scarcity and everything, but you can get George Kittle after Kyle Pitts. You can get Dallas Goddard after Kyle Pitts. You can get Darren Waller after Kyle Pitts. The list keeps going. I mean, the only guys going ahead of him are Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson. Uh, well, actually, Kittle, I guess, does go ahead of him in some drafts. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I can justify trying to get him in redraft unless he just falls three rounds below ADP or something. Mm-hmm. In Dynasty, I really can't speak from experience. I have no Kyle Pitts shares. And I don't know how I would feel if I had him because he's so hard to evaluate right now because there's no reason to believe all of a sudden Desmond Ritter is going to make him a top tight end. So you do need a change. You need a different quarterback. You need a different coaching staff. Something that's going to change the tide for Kyle Pitts. It's going to be so tough to ever give up on him for the next like three or four years because he's still 22 Mm -hmm. going into season three. So people are just going to hold the bag at some point. And whoever has Kyle Pitts is unlikely to trade him for anything that's rational because they want the stars and the sun for their precious baby. That's what they spent (laughs) to get him. So it makes sense. But I just pulled an old tweet of mine. Uh, Interesting stat that I found was – Drake London had an insane 29.47 target uh, market share last season, which led all rookies. It was also fifth most in the NFL. But on top of that, Atlanta ranked 31st in passing attempts and first in rushing. So I don't see that getting better with B. John Robinson. No, absolutely so not. If if all three of us are feeling like Drake London's the alpha in that offense in terms of pass catching, like – I just I don't see the upside for Kyle Pitts, and I I do see people starting to come around yet again, thinking that uh, this is going to be the year. And uh, I just don't think that Desmond Ritter is going to take enough leaps, and the offense is really schemed around uh, having tremendous success for Pitts. Any thoughts? Uh, any? Well, let's move on. Our last guy before we close it out, Darren Waller, that I mentioned a little bit ago. He had two top five finishes. He only played nine games. He was out for several. He's in a new team. He has a new QB, but he has a chance to be the top target in a crowded wide receiver room in New York. However, not the most particularly talented wide receiver room in New York. He may be the best actual receiver for that team. Uh, So what do you need from Darren Waller this year to give him another year or two in Dynasty? Health. Health. <laughs> it's a cop-out. Because it'd be hard for him to not be the top pass catcher in that offense. They're, uh, you know, the land of slot-wide receivers right now. But, uh, you know, Waller's going to be 31. Uh, he's a player I'd definitely be trying to get out of uh, for Dynasty. But, um, you know, Daniel Jones looked a lot better. I have, uh, like, ultimate faith in the Giants organization and coaching staff under the new management. So, like, those are some upsides, um, but he's definitely not a player that I'm uh, looking to draft. 
uh, in redraft just because it seems like, you know, I, I like a tight end that there's not so many negatives surrounding him. And I feel like there's just way too many uh, question marks with Darren Waller in terms of his health. It's been a while since we've seen him um, at elite production. But, uh, you know, the opportunity for targets are certainly there, and we've seen him do it before. So, And I like the coaching staff. So, like, could it happen? Definitely. But he's not a player that I'm necessarily targeting. Fair enough. I think, I think I'm uh... – I'm pretty excited about Darren Waller in redraft just because I think you're going to be able to get him for a value. And I like to build my redraft, my redraft teams going like late QB, late tight end and just stacking up on running backs and receivers, unless one of them, one tight end or quarterback I like ends up being a value like earlier. I'll, I'll, I'll draft them. But yeah, I think, I think Waller might be the number one target in the giants offense. So uh, I'm, I'm in on Darren Waller for redraft Uh, for me to be, still into him in dynasty it's just really tough because i think like you said joe he's like 31 so he's getting up there but i would be happy with uh like if he's top five then i'm like all right maybe he still has it in him and tight ends can play until they're like 36 right i think tony gonzalez was a top tight end at age 36 so kelsey doesn't really worry me that he's up there in age either at i think 33 so while we're at 31 i'd be i'm still comfortable with that mm-hmm there I think go. the thing with uh, Waller for me is like with tight ends, you look at like uh, tight end tiers and whatnot. So like I definitely rather have Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard. Um, I'd rather Kittle than him as well, even though Kittle's not really a player I'm looking to target. But then you have like uh, like I don't I don't want to say he's like in a tight end dead zone because I don't really think that's a thing. But <laughs> I would rather you know wait a round or two for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you got guys like David Njoku and Shiga Conquo, Greg Dulcich. Like, they all have upside to me later on in the draft. So he's just kind of going around a range where I feel like, you know, what's the risk? What's the reward? I'd rather just wait a little bit longer for a tight end that I think might have upside. than, uh, Or I'd rather, you know, get an, get an elite tight end earlier. So I guess he's kind of in, in that dead zone for me that I don't I don't really feel like drafting a tight end. There we go. I don't have much to add. I, I don't really, I'm not really interested in Darren Waller, particularly in Dynasty. But yeah, I could see his path to relevance and uh, success in redraft, in particular this season. Any other guys that you wanted to bring to the table to give an ultimatum to this, this evening? I've going once, Bueller. I think we covered it. All right, boys. Keep healthy, stay out of that hazy air. For for Joe Mason, that just means don't ever go outside because California, right? Pretty much. He gave me great <laughs> advice, though. I gotta say, he change your air filters, folks. And uh, this has been the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. You'll hear from us soon again. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't have that news to share yet, Joe B. But no, I don't know when special it's coming, but... announcement coming soon. And uh, good luck with those rookie drafts. They're still going. Bye bye. Thank you.